AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now Right Rug Flooring. It's Monday, July 20th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. We are all looking forward to the end game for COVID-19, when the spread of the virus slows down significantly or stops altogether because enough people have immunity to it. Whether it's by vaccine or enough people catching it, we are trying to get to the point of herd immunity. But the math to get there is tricky, and the variables used to calculate it keep making it a moving target. Kevin Hartnett, senior math writer at Quantum Magazine, joins us for how the population can achieve herd immunity. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. Absolutely, Oscar. Thank you for having me on. We're all waiting for the day when the coronavirus pandemic is over or significantly starts to slow down. We kind of already know what the end game for that will be. It will be once the population has enough herd immunity that transmission of this really slows down or stops completely. Obviously, we'll need a vaccine to help out with that or just enough people in the population need to have contracted the virus and gotten over it. But there's a lot of tricky math when it comes to herd immunity for COVID-19. Kevin, help us out with this story. So herd immunity, as you said, is the percentage of a population that needs to have antibodies to a disease to prevent that disease from spreading further. And it seems like a very simple calculation. There's like a formula that anyone could do on a piece of paper on their desk that tells you what the herd immunity threshold is. It's one minus one over R naught. And R naught is the number of people on average that each infected person infects. 
So it's a very simple, simple formula to work out. For COVID-19, the kind of the best kind of estimate is about 2.5 for R-naught, that each infected person infects 2.5 other people. So that, if you plug that into the formula, 2.5, that gives you a herd immunity threshold of 60%. But that is a very naive, simple calculation. And there's, in fact, kind of a lot of complexity in the population that makes that number, um, I don't know, there's just a lot more kind of uncertainty about what that number actually is. And it has to do with differences between people and how susceptible they are to getting infected. And it has to do with differences in places, how there are some places like cities and nursing homes where the disease spreads much more easily and the herd immunity threshold is therefore higher. And other places, perhaps rural places with lower population density where the disease spreads, it's more difficult for it to spread. And so the threshold is lower. So there actually is a lot of nuance to what at first blush appears to be a very straightforward calculation. Every little variable is going to throw the number out of whack and, and maybe increase it or lower it. There's di there's different cases where it could lower the number needed for herd immunity. Do we have any sense right now, how many percentage of people that have had coronavirus so far? There are estimates. There are serological studies out of um, especially the kind of the hardest hit places, Spain, which was one of the first places to really have a bad outbreak of COVID-19. They did serological studies across the whole country and came up with numbers between for Madrid, the hardest hit area of the country, and other parts of the country where it was quite a bit lower, more like 5% or lower. I've seen numbers for New York City, which was the, you know, the original epicenter here, estimating that some boroughs or some neighborhoods in New York City have up to 68%, almost 70% have been infected. I think there are estimates that New York City or the New York region, New York City region as a whole, it's 25% of the population. So like pretty big numbers, although um, certainly on a larger scale, I don't think that we have a strong handle on how many people actually have antibodies at this point to COVID-19. So in some of those areas, and New York could be an example, we've seen numbers dropping, been getting a better handle on it as we've seen cases rise in other parts of the country, some places that had early successes even, or, or lower numbers to begin with. But yeah, still a very difficult number to reach there. So tell us about some of these other variables. I know there's a heterogeneity of susceptibility, and you were talking about that a little bit ago, the different variables that cause somebody to be more likely or less likely to get infected. How does this throw the number for herd immunity off? Sure. I'll say a couple of things. I mean, the first is when we do vaccine campaigns and we estimate how much of the population we need to vaccinate to guarantee herd immunity, we assume that every person in a population is equally likely to get and spread the disease. And so that's kind of a naive calculation. And with COVID-19, you might come to say 60% of the population needs this vaccine to prevent the disease from spreading rapidly again. But as soon as you stop to think about it, you realize, well, no, not everyone in a population is equally likely to get sick and spread the disease. People with compromised immune systems, more likely to get the disease. People in kind of high touch professions, um, certainly healthcare workers, maybe bus drivers, grocery store workers, more likely to get the disease than someone who is working from home. Someone who lives in an apartment building, more likely maybe to get it than someone who lives out on his own in the woods. So it's kind of intuitively obvious to us that not everyone is equally likely to get the disease. And these differences between people are what you refer to as the heterogeneity of susceptibility. There are even other factors that are kind of maybe less obvious. I mean, we're just born different. We 
develop differently over the course of our lifetimes. That's a quote from a researcher named Gabriela Gomez, who appeared in my recent story. These differences are, you know, genetic differences in our cells that affect kind of our susceptibility, but it's also things like density of nose hairs has an effect on our likelihood of getting infected. And we all know people who get sick all the time. And we all know people who are like, well, I haven't had a cold in 10 years. So, I mean, we kind of know these differences are out there. And this heterogeneity in, in individual characteristics are what make it so that it's in fact not everyone's equally likely to get the disease, both due to their behaviors and things about kind of their body. And typically, as you said, this heterogeneity lowers the herd immunity threshold. It kind of makes it harder for the disease to spread than you might naively think. It means that kind of a smaller percentage of the population needs to be infected or have antibodies in order to control the pandemic in this case. So what's the bottom line for this? According to some standard models, we need about 60% of the U.S. population to have had this, uh, the virus. Some other experts said, you know, between 40 and 50%. But ultimately, what is it going to take us to get there? Obviously, we need help with the vaccine. But what's going to get us to that herd immunity so that we can finally be done with this? So, I mean, the bottom line is we don't know. And I think that's the most important point of all is that there's just so much uncertainty about COVID-19, including what the herd immunity threshold for a wildly spreading virus or naturally spreading virus as opposed to vaccine immunity. So there's just a lot of uncertainty about many aspects of this disease, including what the naturally spreading herd immunity threshold is. And that certainly is a reason to be very cautious in kind of how we approach policy around this. One epidemiologist I spoke to for my my recent article likened it to playing, you know, Russian roulette. If we kind of take a herd immunity, quote, strategy, it's like kind of playing Russian roulette with this extremely deadly thing that once it's kind of out there, it's like very hard to control. So the bottom line is, A, there's a lot of uncertainty and that weighs in favor of a, a lot of caution. Now, as a matter of kind of what the threshold might actually be, researchers are attempting to tease it out. So we've got 60% is the kind of standard naive estimate. Most epidemiologists I talked to were kind of willing to say that the the naturally occurring threshold is lower than that. Maybe 40, 50% was what most people told me. But there are also some studies out there now that are putting that number even lower, including one by a researcher in Europe named Gabriela Gomez, who I just mentioned, who thinks that the herd immunity threshold is probably around 20%, in which case some of these places we just talked about, Madrid, New York, Lombardy, may already have reached it. So what does that mean for where we go from here? Well, I think it'll be interesting to see in the fall are those places susceptible to second waves? I mean, they clearly had first waves that have clearly died down, but people are still doing it like a ton of distancing. We haven't gone back to normal. So it'd be interesting to see in those places, can second waves really take off if people are doing more normal things like, you know, sending all their kids back to school or going into the office? So that's certainly one source of uncertainty or one thing we'll be watching for. And then as for kind of other places that, well, I mean, the the number of places that have not been badly hit is certainly shrinking by the day, unfortunately. But well, no, I think the bottom line is is getting to herd immunity naturally is a chancy and deadly proposition. We know the numbers out of New York, tens of thousands of deaths to maybe get to that naturally occurring herd immunity threshold. And we don't want to go through that everywhere. I mean, it's just it's just a, a far too painful consequence to imagine, in which case, you know, the order of the day is try and hunker down and wait it out as best we can until we can achieve herd immunity through a vaccine. Kevin Hartnett, senior math writer at Quanta Magazine. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Oscar. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. 
So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.